Good morning, everyone. This is Mitchie, and welcome back to the Manic Matter podcast. I hope everybody was able to have a good Halloween, able to enjoy their weekend as well, and had a very good week. Um, given the circumstances, why I postponed the episode, of course, everybody saw in the news what was going on in Itaewon on the weekend of Halloween. Um, I do want to reach out and offer my condolences and hope that everybody that was involved or anybody that knew anybody involved or even those who are just shaken up from the fact are able to healthy and properly grieve and they're managing okay. But now we're going to get into today's episode. Um, This one happened fairly recently. It's about five years now that it's happened. Well, actually six, I believe. Um, This is the case of the missing Busan couple. Um, For those of you who don't know, this was a case that involved um, not just one, but two newlyweds by the name of Jeon Mingdun and Che Sung-hee. They disappeared around May 27th of 2016 without a trace, and to this date, there is still not a clear answer of what could have happened or who is involved, although when we go into the story, you're going to think that there is clearly a number one suspect, and it's kind of odd that they can't do anything about it. But anyway, um, we shall get into it. It all started when the father of Mingun had trouble reaching out to his son and daughter-in-law. He had tried to contact them for numerous days, but there wasn't an answer from either one of them. So he started to suspect that something was going on, and he initially went to the restaurant that his son had worked at and asked if they had heard from him. Well, nobody at the restaurant had seen his son for quite a few days and said that the last that they had heard from him they had gotten a text saying that he had had some important business something of an emergency came up so he was going to have to either close down the shop or his business partner was going to have to run it for a while and this seemed very suspect to Mingun's father because this just seemed completely out of the ordinary so he tries to go to the apartment nobody's there so he contacts the police And when the police arrive at this couple's apartment, um, they would have to bust down the door because nobody was answering. Although the car was still in the garage and it looked like upon entryway that there were still groceries laid out. And the sad part about it was, was this couple had a dog and it was very adamantly clear that nobody had been in this apartment for at least... A good amount of days because this dog was shaken up, terrified, had um, defecated all over the apartment, so nobody had been taking care of this poor dog. And as I also said, there were groceries laid out on the counter, there were groceries still in the car, so it looked like they just vanished into thin air while still in the midst of living their normal lives. Now, upon Upon search of the house, they noticed that there were wallets, passports, some clothes, and a few notebooks that had been missing. So, did the couple just up and decide to leave? What happened? But friends of 
the wife, Che, would say that she would not leave her dog. Her dog was absolutely her world, her baby, and she was head over heels for this animal. And also come to the fact that Che was just newly pregnant, so it wouldn't make sense that she would be going anywhere, especially because she had been dealing with like some heavy pregnancy sickness, and anybody who has known somebody that's pregnant, anybody that's been pregnant knows that sometimes that shit can be a big doozy. Like, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I couldn't do anything from how sick I was, so it wouldn't make sense necessarily for her to just up and leave when she had a dog that she loved, she was newly pregnant and experiencing all this sickness. Plus, she was an up-and-coming actress, and she was really good at what she did, and she had a play that was coming on. And uh, Mingun, he was running this successful, fairly successful restaurant, I should say, so there wasn't really any reason for them to just up and disappear. Now, this couple, they had been married only six months prior to the date of them being missing, and they were just living like a normal couple, and nothing seemed out of the ordinary. Everybody that knew them didn't think that something like this could happen. Um, but the evening before, May uh, 26th, 27th of 2016, when they disappeared, um, it was about 11.30 in, at night, uh, showed Chae Sung Hee in the elevator, she was bringing groceries to the apartment. She had had a long day at work, and CCTV footage captured her coming into the building, pressing the elevator button to take her up to her floor, and going out, and that was the last that anything was ever seen of her. Like, nothing showed her coming out of the building at all, so it doesn't make sense. And later, around 3 a.m., um, Mingun would be seen coming home after a long shift at his restaurant and after going out and drinking with his friends. And CCTV footage would capture him as well going in, but just like his wife, never coming out. And as for the majority of Korea, Korea is just covered with CCTV footage when you're in these major cities like Seoul, Busan, in it's just impossible to go anywhere without there being some sort of camera looking, guarding, keeping an eye, keeping tabs on everything. And their entire apartment was covered in them, so their apartment was no exception. Now, there was one area in this apartment that wasn't completely covered by footage, but you would have to go out of your way to like squeeze your body, hide and duck away from the camera not to be seen. So it didn't seem quite plausible for this newly pregnant, very sick woman to try to duck under, especially um, with her husband. And it wouldn't make sense either if they didn't have anything going on that would cause them to not want to be seen by this camera. Um, so the last people that heard from Che and Johnson uh, Mingun, excuse me, um, 
Sung Hee, she um, texted her co-workers saying that she was not in good health, saying she didn't think that she could make the rehearsal. And this rehearsal was like the day before the show, so it was like this major dress rehearsal. And then the following day, she would send another message saying that she wasn't going to be able to do the performance at all. And this was a part that she really wanted. Like, her family would say, you know, she was a very good daughter. She was very proactive in what she did. She didn't want to miss anything. She was always giving 110%. So, when she sent the message saying, I can't attend, I was hospitalized like last time it threw off her co-workers and they were worried and another thing was the language she used when she was texting was not the formality that she normally used um, in Korea there's this thing where depending on who you talk to is a different meaning of dialect on how you're going to speak to them like you've got a very informal a semi-formal and very formal, just to kind of put it shortly, and I'm sure that I've messed that all up, but there, it's kind of in that, just is that informal, semi-formal, very formal is what I've learned when I've been learning Korean, and she was not addressing like how she normally would to her co-worker, and her co-worker was wondering, is this really sung he that is messaging me or is this somebody else and referring back to the being hospitalized like last time uh, it was known that sung he had some mental health issues prior to her pregnancy and she had been on some antidepressants and other types of medication to try to correct it but since she had gotten pregnant she had not been on this medication and I'm pretty sure some of her co-workers knew about this and could tell that this was something that just did not seem right. But then they would get a call from uh, Mr. John uh, Mingun, and he would be saying that she was sick, she couldn't attend, she was having bouts of mental health issue. And they hadn't really spoken to her husband, so they didn't know exactly what he sounded like. But what more could they do? I mean, they're just going off of some text messages from somebody who is supposed to be their co-worker, and then a phone call from her husband. And that's all they knew, that they left it at that. So, then, um, Min Gun's partner in the restaurant gets a message saying, hey, I'm busy, can we um, close up shop for the day? And his business partner thought, uh, why this is, this is strange, much like with Sung Hee and her co-workers. But then he turned around and transferred money into his business account for his partner and said, I'm leaving things into you to run everything, I've just got some major emergency issues and... I can't come into work and there was no other explanation after that they just went missing that was the last communication that they heard and this was all within the span of a few days of them last being seen on the CCTV footage so by May 31st when people were 
trying to get in touch with them, they couldn't. There was no records of anything. Um, not even a record of Sunghee being hospitalized, like what was claimed in the text messages and phone conversation that her co-workers had. And um, another thing that was kind of strange was after his father had reported this issue, he gets a text from Mingun saying that, I'm okay, I'm safe, there's no need to worry. Um, so don't worry about us. And this was on June 2nd. So this is happening extremely quickly. And everything just does not seem to add up. So after this message saying that he and his wife were fine, not to worry about them, his phone pings one last time in Busan and shuts off for good. That same day, about six hours away in Seoul, Sung Hee's phone pings for one more time and shuts off. And it's extremely weird. Um, when the father was asked again, what's going on? What do you think is going on with your son's disappearance? He turns around and says, well, I'm not going to worry. I just want to protect my son. For anybody that is into true crime, anybody that watches these documentaries, that would seem very suspect. But of course, you've got to take into consideration the area in which they live. This is a matter of reputation, upholding good names, um, for some families, even keeping promises, even if those promises aren't necessarily good. So maybe his father did have the best of intentions and said, well, my son said he was okay, so I'm going to leave it at that. I'm sure that they will be back. Or he could have had an ulterior mo motive. I mean, you don't know, especially because this case is un solved to this day. Uh, but Sunghee's family did not like this. Her family did not like the fact that Mingun's father didn't want to look further into this. They wanted to know what happened to their daughter. So they started putting out anything that they could to help find their daughter. Photos, videos, you name it, they would publish it. But this caused such a major rift between both of the families and you would think that these families would try to unite to find their lost loved one but once again this is a thing all about different families have different aspects on holding up their reputation holding up a name um keeping promises so it's such a back and forth issue and things just kept getting stranger i mean when the police started really investigating this, they started to realize that there was a third person that could be involved. Now, it turned out that Mingun had an old flame that he was still in contact with, even up to the marriage, and even after the marriage, he was still getting messages from this old flame. Um, different articles addressed her as either Miss Yoon or Miss Jung. So I'm going to go with Miss Jung because that seems to be the one that was most wildly used. Um, she was labeled as his 
first love and we all know what happens when somebody has that name of oh this was my first love it's either going to be really really good or it's going to be really really bad I have never seen a case where it's in between um, so it looks like between Miss Zhang and Mingun that um, the families didn't really like them having a relationship together so they kind of put a rift in between these two, and maybe this is what led to the marriage between Mingun and Sung Hee. Um, this could also be the source of the mental health issues that Sung Hee was having. Nobody knows for sure, but it was known that Mingun from certain friends had a completely separate phone to do communication with Miss Jung, and Miss Jung had been married not once but twice. Now, her first marriage was very short-lived because her husband did not like the communication that she was having with Mingun. So, with this, um, there was a divorce. And I don't know how much later it was that she married her second husband, but this second husband um, apparently took her to Norway. And there was a daughter that was involved between, I guess it was the second husband and Miss Jung. But unfortunately, this daughter would pass away. Now, I don't know what the circumstances were of this daughter passing away, but each article that I read mentioned that there was a daughter, It passed that this daughter had passed away, and it became very apparent because of this that Miss Jung's mental state in and of itself was extremely deteriorating. And all of this seemed to be going on before the marriage between Mingun and Sung Hee. So, when this happened, Miss Jong seemed to be getting more aggressive and sending threatening messages to both Mingun and Sung Hee, saying that she didn't approve of this marriage, um, she was going to do everything to make his life miserable, her life miserable, and she was sending like these crazy, insane messages saying that she would do everything in her power to resurrect her daughter. And this is where things started getting more intense, I should say, because she has said that she would destroy their lives, she was sending threats, and record would show that just a few days before this couple went missing, Miss Chung ended up back in Korea without really telling anybody that she was in Korea. And she wasn't using credit cards to get hotels or anything. She was staying like in these 24-hour sauna. She was paying for everything in cash. She was acting very under the radar for somebody on the outside looking in to see. Like she didn't want to be tracked. And right as the authorities are starting this investigation, she goes back to Norway. So yeah, all of that seems extremely iffy, extremely suspicious. But this is all hearsay, the unfortunate thing. It's all hearsay at this point. There's nothing that they can really do. Um, they did try to reach out to her and ask her if she would come back to Korea to do an interview. And at this point, it's all on your own volunteer, so... She's not officially labeled as a suspect, nor 
can they officially label her as a uh, suspect, no matter how suspicious the circumstances are, how strange everything is surrounding it. But it got to the point where the police did try to extradite her back to Korea for this. Now, she argued that she didn't have to go, she didn't need to appear, um, and eventually a court in Norway would side with her saying, yeah, no, she does not need to appear. If she is not a suspect, she shouldn't have to appear. So they sided with her and she was able to stay in Norway. Um, but then it came to light through the investigation that she had reached out to her mother requesting uh, 10 million won and her mother was in Korea at the time and she said that she was using it for a trip to Africa so it, it just something about it just does not sit right with me but of course I know that when you're going to Interpol and you're trying to like extradite somebody from one country to another, there can be so many issues and it's so hard. Um, but because of all this, even with her mother flying from Korea to Norway to try to talk to her and she had a camera crew with her and everything, Miss Chung, she turned her own family away from her house. She refused to talk to anybody. And the unfortunate thing was, because they had no concrete evidence, and there's no body of either Sung Hee or Min Gun, they cannot arrest her for anything. Even though they tried to arrest her, to bring her back for questioning, it, it was a failed attempt. And when you get into international issues like that, it's such a wishy-washy area. So, the couple, of course, to this day, has never been seen again. There's been no communication. As far as South Korea is concerned with their disappearance, they are still missing people. They're not proclaimed dead, as far as I know. And without concrete evidence showing that they have passed away, they will be listed as missing. So, theories that surrounded this, saying that the couple could have possibly had some sort of issues or some sort of ties or fears of somebody unknown, so they fled so hastily, but that seemed to be debunked as well because of Miss Chae Sung-hee's dog with, with um, John Mungun's business. There was thing saying that maybe they just stepped away and something else could have happened to them. But there's so many loose ends and unanswered questions. And to this day, um, the brother of Miss Jung says that it was actually Min Goon that was threatening Miss Jung. Now, how much of that can be proven, I don't know. Miss um, Jung at one point was saying, oh, she never dated Min Goon. But that there's a lot of contrary to that and there's all this evidence that showed that she was involved with him in some sort of way but to this day we will never know what has happened to this couple and that is the story of the missing Busan couple now hopefully 
with time we will be able to find out what happened to them maybe there'll be some new leads that is the beauty of technology in the criminal justice system changing and reforms constantly being made all over the world but until that day we still do not know what ha what happened to them or anything I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Um, I hope you guys have a very good week. I hope you guys stay healthy. Make sure you eat. Keep your mental health on your top priority. And if you are still going through the grieving process of what has happened in South Korea this past Halloween, I hope that you're able to find some peace. Um, and I hope you're able to... Be as happy as you can. Um, if you have any other requests for episodes that you would like for me to cover, you can reach out to me at manicmanorpodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out on Facebook and Instagram at manicmanorpodcast. And we do also have a Patreon if you feel like you wish to subscribe. But of course, not necessary at all. Thank you guys, and as always, I will see you in the next episode.